Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Boom!
Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Welcome in. Hope you had a great, great sports weekend. Oh, I know we did. Not only two and two in the picks. Don't worry. It wasn't not like sitting here doing some end zone dancing. But I got lots of takeaways. Lots of takeaways. Um, we're very result-oriented at times in our analysis, right? Like I'm being told now. Being told now that Dak Prescott is amazing. Dak Prescott, and I was like, eh. I watched Dak Prescott, and he was okay. They have a very good running game. He made a great throw down around uh, the goal line, right? Good coverage, better throw. And ends up throwing a beautiful touchdown pass. They win the game against the Seattle Seahawks. They dominate the line of scrimmage. Rush for more yards. He did scramble late for his own touchdown. But, I mean, I don't know. You ask anybody who knows anything about football, Dak Prescott or Russell Wilson, not only who is better, who played better, and they'll tell you, well, Russell Wilson played better. But, oh, the puffing of the chest. Don't tell me Dak Prescott is not great. Look at his record. Here's what I've determined. A couple things. Dak Prescott's basically Sbarro. Right? Sbarro. Sbarro pizza. Sbarro pizza is delicious. There's nothing wrong with it. There's not that much right about it, but there's nothing wrong with it. Depending on where you're from, and Chicago people will tell you, like, the deep dish pizza is really from people outside of Chicago who come to Chicago, and they're like, I need something different. I need something unique. And they came up with this deep dish thing, but Chicago people don't actually get into the deep dish thing. But, like, let's say you're in New York and you want pizza. Do you go to Sbarro? No. But if you run into a, a spot where you need a good slice of pizza that you know is going to be fine, you get Sbarro. So Dak Prescott is not a top five, not a top 10, probably not a top 15 quarterback in the National Football League, but he's also not a bottom five or bottom 10 quarterback in the league. He's not bad. He's not bad. He's not great. He's not spectacular. He's not, hey, you got to go try this place. It's over on first and first, the nexus of the universe. That's a Seinfeld line if you know anything about it. Anyway, you got to go try it. No, no, you don't. No one tells their friend like, hey, it's like uh, there's a Michael Scott, my favorite pizza place in New York from the office is Sbarro. Right? Nobody tells their friend like, hey, next time you're in the big city, you got to try Sbarro. But it's fine. And when they have a good running game and when their defense dominates and when they make enough plays and their kicker makes kicks, then they'll be good. Fine. We got into this real weird place in sports where we can't be mean anymore. That's the other kind of takeaway. Oh, here's the one other thing about Sabaro and, uh, and our boy Dak Prescott. Now, because Jerry Jones has said we're going to give him a contract extension, even though they don't have to, because he's been underpaid as the rookie starting quarterback and the second year starting quarterback and now a third year starting quarterback with the Cowboys. Because of how the CBA works, you can't renegotiate his deal until this upcoming offseason. It's like airport Sabaro. We're like, man, there's no other place I can go to get a slice of pizza and they're going to charge me 10 bucks. And then it's like 15 bucks if you put like five pepperonis on it. Now, it doesn't mean the Sbarro pizza is now bad. It's not. It also doesn't mean it's spectacular. It's not. But you got, you're going to go outside the airport and then go back through security, look for a slice of pizza? No. That's where the Cowboys are. Airport Sbarro. Okay. Um, 
I don't know where we got to this point in sports where we can't give tough critique anymore. We can't be legitimately honest about somebody's play. Whether it's Cody Parkey missing a fairly routine game-winning field goal or Lamar Jackson's pathetic performance at quarterback yesterday. Now, you could sit there and tell me, hey, Lamar Jackson threw two touchdowns. You know, had a couple touchdowns, two, two touchdown passes late. They came back and, really? He had three fumbles in like the first five minutes of the game. They had two yards passing at halftime. The Chargers could not have been more conservative and the Ravens defense could not have been better and they still couldn't get out of first gear. As I told you last week and the week before and the week before, your takeaway from the NFL draft should be, damn, those guys who do it are really, really, really good. Not the people who react to it, not the idiots on Twitter or in the media or on radio or even people like me, the people who for a living invest their lives and put their names on pieces of paper where they break down tape and talk to people within programs should be commended for nailing not one, not two, not three. Every single one of the rookie starting quarterbacks is exactly as advertised. It's unbelievable. What's the scout on Baker Mayfield? He's smart. He's tough. He's super accurate. He's a little tall, a little small. He carries a a chip on his shoulder, and sometimes it'll cause him to try and do a bit too much. His ego is massive, but guys like playing for him. On the other hand, there are some athletic limitations that he has, unlike the Russell Wilson who people like to believe that he is. Sam Darnold was the number one rated prospect on just about everybody's board outside of the Cleveland Browns. He is tough. He is smart. He hasn't played a ton of football as a starter as, a, as compared to a Baker Mayfield. Maybe not as sharp in terms of reading and understanding and processing, but pretty damn good. Guys really like him. He's not nearly as outspoken. And long-term, he's got the best upside. How am I doing so far? Josh Rosen looks the part, but is a little bit frail. There's a fear of injury. And there's the fear that if he suffers a couple of injuries because he comes from a a background where his doctor's parents are, one of his parents is a doctor, he might shut it down early. He also is a guy who hasn't won at the college level and it's caused coaches to get fired. How am I doing so far? Josh Allen looks the part and he'll throw a ball or two a game like, damn, then he'll throw a ball or two a game like, damn, who's he throwing to? And then there's Lamar Jackson, who is far behind everyone else in terms of processing what he's seeing, wildly inaccurate on underneath and intermediate throws, and has to run it because that's what he does. His best skill is the skill that is least called upon long-term for quarterbacks. And if you're going to play him, you got to play him in a more simplistic high school or college offense where it's one read, and if not, then run. And that's an offense that works if you get a lead and play from ahead. Because if, you get behind, if you're behind, it just takes too much time and too much effort, and it gets figured out the second time people see you. How am I doing? But instead, it's, you can't be mean towards Lamar. 
He's just a rookie. Hell, Cody Parkey misses a 43-yard field goal at home. Now, were there a series of errors from his coaching staff, Matt Nagy, or a rookie head coach who could have called timeout earlier on the previous defensive possession? Absolutely. Could you point out the fact that they had a, uh, a personal foul on a previous drive that extended a drive for the Bears uh, and that led to a touchdown? Sure, you could point those out. But, but I'm not talking about the psychotic fanboy, I want to harm Parky or he is not a human being. But saying it's not his fault when it's a 43-yard field goal, which is about a 90 to 95% shot at home. And yes, it's been, the ruling's been changed that the, the field goal was actually tipped at the line of scrimmage. But I follow Jay Feely on Twitter. Jay Feely, of course, works for CBS, called the game, and he pointed out there was no pressure. That kick was too low. That one's on Parkey. Can't be touched. It's okay for all of America to go, yeah, Cody Parkey blew the game. You know why? Because his job is to make 43 yarders at home. That's his job. He didn't do his job. That's the whole thing about sports. And when you don't do your job, you receive criticism. Not ridiculous criticism about the type of human being you are. It's the same thing with Laura Jackson. He was awful yesterday. Does it mean he's an awful human being? No. Does it mean it makes it more difficult for the Ravens to figure out their long-term future because he can't run it 15, 16 times a game and think he's not going to get hurt. But if you make him throw it 25, 35 times, he's just not that accurate and he clearly can't hold on to a football. These are... This is the reason analysis exists. And if you want, you were great. You know, you were great. I know you didn't. Like, this is not five-year-old soccer. This isn't even the voice which tells everybody, even the people they don't turn around from. Listen, I know none of us turn around our chairs. I know it sounded like fingernails on the chalkboard. But you, you're, you're brave for standing on that stage and singing when you can't sing. You. It's American Idol. You're terrible. The old American Idol that had Simon American Idol. It's fair to give critique. It's fair to point out somebody's failings. It's absolutely positively fair to say, hey, you know what? Cody Parker blew that game. Lamar Jackson wasn't good enough. And oh, yeah, by the way, as a rookie quarterback, he looked like somebody who the moment was too big for This is fair analysis. All right, Super Bowl champion Trent Dilfer joins the show coming next. I'll ask him if the Ravens should have played Joe Flacco yesterday. Uh, We also got a bunch of other stuff to get to. First, the Doug Gottlieb Show should be known, brought to you by Farmers. At Farmers, we've seen almost everything, so we know how to cover almost anything. When it's game time, have an experienced player to help you stay ahead of the game. Put their experience into play at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Is Foles really better than Wentz? How did the Cowboys beat the Seahawks? Oh, yeah, by the way, we got the matchups this weekend. We covered all with Trent Dilfer. He joins us next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. 
Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From a car landing on a roof to a car landing in a pool, we've covered it. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance, Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. What's amazing about Sunday's games, right, is they kind of did over, they end up overshadowing Saturday's games. You're like, well, what was Saturday? Like, Saturday was the Cowboys. Do you remember the, the Cowboys game and Saturday was the Colts? 
The Colts and Andrew Luck. Let's a guy who watched all four, a guy who knows a ton about football and shares it with us on a weekly basis. Is Super Bowl champion NFL analyst Trent Dilfer. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Let, let's start kind of in uh, chronological order. Um, how many times have we seen this from the Houston Texans to where we start to go like, you know, I get all the regular season stuff, but I just can't buy in. Uh, what's your what's what's your takeaway on Texans Colts two days later? I was surprised the Texans weren't able to get after Andrew Luck a little bit more earlier in the game. I was kind of banking on two things with the Texans: one, Deshaun Watson rising up and playing great, which he did not by any stretch of the imagination, and two, kind of some of those game wreckers on defense, Clowney uh, and Watt specifically. Um, getting after luck, creating some havoc. That offensive line for the Colts is much improved and very good, but I didn't think to that extent. So I was pleasantly surprised by the Colts. Uh, their physicality, uh, Andrew Luck was brilliant. I think Max is a big-time runner. I think he's being undervalued as a runner. Um, and they're just super well coached, and they, they just got on the Texans and put their you know foot on their throat and didn't let go. I, I thought it was one of the more impressive performances in the playoffs I've seen in a while. Um, in, in talking about Deshaun Watson, you mentioned how he didn't play particularly well. I've had people in the NFL going like, Hey, look, people were thinking he was going to take another step this year and he didn't, uh, what now, now that we've seen in totality of Deshaun Watson, where is he in, uh, in the growth chart in quarterbacks? Because like, look, I know we want to make him the kind of the next generation of quarterback, a guy who can run, but doesn't have to. But when he was really effective in college was in the college football playoff two years ago when he did run, right? But you got two knee injuries and they catch up in the NFL. As a pocket passer, is he ultimately going to live up to the reputation I think many people believed he was establishing last year? Yes, I think he will. I just think it's going to take a little bit longer um, than people want it to in today's fast food mentality of quarterback development. Uh, their offensive line is terrible. It's been terrible all year. It was their Achilles heel in that game. And he holds the ball too long, so it's a bad combination. Um, I think he will grow as they get better on the offensive line, which has to be their number one priority. Um, as they get better on the offensive line and he speeds up his processing a little bit quicker, I think he'll develop He'll develop into a, let's, let's just use numbers because people like numbers, a top 10, a 7 to 10 pocket passer. But then he's always going to have that dimension, um, his athleticism, his 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 ability to not only run but know when to run and finish runs. Uh, he's very good at that. I think that will always be part of his game that allows him to be one of the premier quarterbacks in the league. I'm a huge Deshaun Watson fan. And in the same breath, I can say I thought he played like crud the other day too. Yeah. Um, but I do think he's special and, and will have a great career in the NFL. Um, who played better, Russell Wilson or Dak Prescott? I think Dak Prescott did. I thought Russell played well and, and really was at a disadvantage because they just couldn't pass protect, and they knew it going in, and that's why they were so stubborn with the run, uh, especially in the second quarter and third quarter. Um, there's a bad, bad matchup for the Seahawks up front. You know, an active front seven for the Cowboys that can get after the passer, that can beat you right away uh, at the snap. Uh, so those coaches knew that. So Russell was dealing with a short a short deck there and still played well, but I thought Dak played, I thought Dak played the second best quarterback of the weekend. Andrew Luck, number one by far. And then I would say Dak Prescott, number two. Uh, okay. Let, let's get, let's get to, let's get to yesterday's game. 
Uh, let's start with Lamar Jackson. Some of it was the moment. Some of it, like no one gives credit to the, the Chargers defensive line, I thought won that game. They, they dominated the line of scrimmage, which is something you couldn't say the last time these two teams matched up, and you rarely see uh, against the Ravens in general. On the other hand, his, his lack of experience, his lack of ability to have poise within the pocket, that got exposed some. What's, what's your take on Lamar Jackson and whether or not they should have gone to Joe Flacco at halftime? So I'm with you. The Chargers dictated terms. I love that. I love that saying because it paints a picture for people. Like the Chargers made it happen. They dictated the bad play by the Ravens. They lined up in that seven defensive back thing where I can tell you right now, Lamar Jackson had no idea who was the Sam backer, who was the Will backer, who was the Mike backer. They were moving around. They were playing a lot of tight man, blitz coverage, shooting gaps, forcing perimeter throws instead of throws across the middle. Um, messing up the reads and all the read that they, all the reading they do in the run game, uh, and he was frazzled. And I, by the end of the game, he kind of figured it out. Now, LA also kind of backed off a little bit and gave him some stuff once they had the big lead. Saying all that, I thought Lamar was exactly what you would expect. He's a great competitor. Um, they took away his fastball, and his changeup wasn't ready. His off-speed pitch wasn't ready to win a game. I think it's a great learning experience for him. I, you know, the hard thing about saying would you go to Flacco or not, Doug, is it was obvious this was an organizational decision weeks ago that they were going to ride this out with Lamar. And you can tell that by Harbaugh's comments after the game and especially by Joe Flacco's comments after the game. He had been told that he was not going to be put in the game. They were going to ride this thing out. So it doesn't matter what I think, doesn't matter what you think, doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. This was never going to happen. It was always going to be Lamar Jackson, ride or die, and that's what they did. Now, I don't think that it is a formula to win a Super Bowl one day, but we'll see. Maybe the league changes that much that you can be a run-first guy and still win a Super Bowl. But in my opinion, uh, he's going to have to develop rapidly and immensely to win from the pocket, especially in playoff football. He's so inaccurate. I mean, that's that's the thing. And, yeah. and to those of us, like you and I know you watched him more than I did, but having watched him a lot in college, it's not that he can't throw. It's it's the inability, especially underneath and some of the short little throws, which which he's just inaccurate, and that leads to turnovers. And when you're already when you're already running the ball a ton, you can't have any turnovers. And then you know, look here's the other part that no one talks about. If you're going to run this style of offense, good luck getting wide receivers and uh, running backs that 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 want to play with you just because they can't get enough catches. They can't. You know, that, that's where they make their money is based upon the number of the volume of catches, the volume of targets they get, and you don't get it in that offense. I think it becomes increasingly difficult the longer you go with this t- style of offense. I 100% agree. Another thing, too, is when we talk about accuracy, and I, you know, I can think this all over the country, it, just saying accurate kind of dumps it down to us because some guys, Donovan McNabb was really accurate to guys right in front of him. He wasn't overly accurate to runaway guys. Right. Certain guys are accurate in certain times of throws. Lamar Jackson is very inaccurate on runaway routes where the receivers are running away from him towards the sidelines or running across the field toward the other sidelines. He's actually very accurate on target throws where a guy is stationary or in breaking routes. I don't know if it can be fixed either until his feet are fixed. And I'll give you a basketball analogy. I, I, you're a great free throw shooter. I bet you you could make a no, bunch I was, of free I was a terrible throws. Free, I was a terrible free throw shooter, by the way. Oh, is that what you, is that why your Instagram post of your son making the free throw? Yeah, yeah. And I said, maybe, uh, uh, yeah, and maybe he's not. Maybe it's not. Maybe he's not my son. That that's why. I, 
Got it. So but I, 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 know what you're ta- I, I know what you're going to talk about. I'll, can I, I'll, I'll yeah. explain my analogy after you go with yours. Go. You can make a bunch of free throws on one foot, but you're not going to make as many if you're perfectly balanced, you have a great routine, you're in sync, you're in rhythm, and you shoot, let's say, 1,000 free throws, not 100. Lamar Jackson throws every ball off balance. He never has a firm platform. <laughs> Excuse me. And because of that, he really struggles on those throws where you need a firm platform. Yeah, uh, th- my, mine is, and here's one. So th- this has been like a year process with my son. He's left-handed, but does a lot of things with his right hand. Like dribbles actually better with his right, although he's getting better with his left. But he used to be kind of like right-footed, like kick a soccer ball with his right foot, and he would shoot with his right foot forward. And if you know anything about shooting, you have to have whatever hand you're shooting with has to be at least slightly, if not pronouncedly, uh, uh, forward to kind of free up that shoulder. Watch Steph Curry shoot. Yep. He has his you know right foot substantially forward. So it's a well, the long process of getting his feet right. And what I've told him for a long time is like, look, your hands have to be right and your feet have to be right. And then we can work. Then we have to work with, then we can work on everything else in terms of your balance and your legs and your release point and how far you dip the basketball and where the basketball pickup comes from. But if your feet aren't right, you really have kind of no chance to be a consistent shooter, right? Agreed. All right. Uh, Trent Dilfer joining us. Uh, on the Doug Gottlieb show, what about the Chargers? Like, look, I, I do think they played really conservatively, and they got a punt blocked, and they had a fumble. Uh, but they they get Hunter Henry back, and I feel like, man, they got better players than the Patriots, and they have at least an experienced quarterback, if not one who's had positive experience in a place like New England. What do you think of that matchup now that we're six, seven days away? I like the Chargers. Uh, and I can't believe, I mean, nobody goes into Foxborough and Tom Brady 7-0 against Philip Rivers. I get it all. I just, I'm with you. I just look at the players. Um, I look at the matchups. It's not even the players. I think too often we all think we know what these rosters are made of. I, I'm not a personnel guy. I'm not studying 1 through 53. We don't know the depth of the rosters. We just look at matchups. You look at uh, LA's ability to get after the passer now on both edges. You look at their ability to stop the inside run. That Derwin James, I think, is an X factor because he can match up inside. He can play the deep half. He can play man. He's a blitzer. Um, there's so many things he can do. Uh, I think they have a ton of confidence defensively. And then offensively, they can control the game. They're one of the few offenses that can just kind of control the tempo of the game. They can play fast and furious if they want. They can slow it down and play run-run action game. Uh, they've done a really nice job of getting the ball to the perimeter and the quick stuff, letting the receivers run after the catch. So they've got a lot of dimensions to them. And I like their mentality. I like what Anthony Lynn's done. He's just made them believe that they were built for playoff football, that the regular season was just a prelude to what they really were built for, and that is the playoffs. And, and i got to agree, if you just look at formulas, they kind of have that formula. Now it is New England. It is in Foxborough. There's there's stuff there that they tend to win games they shouldn't. Um, but I really like the Chargers going into this game. All right, Bears, Eagles last night. L- let's start with Nick Foles. Um, he wasn't great, but he was good when he had to. He was great when he had to be great, right? That's was that competitive greatness. Um, yep. How does how does he continue to do this? Well. Listen, he plays on time. They definitely have a different game plan with him than they do with Carson Wentz. The ball is out quick. Um, they're not trying to create a bunch of explosives. They take their explosive one-on-one matchups down the boundary. Um, 
they're not overly efficient on early downs, but they're very good on third down. Uh, it's hard to explain sometimes. And the biggest thing about, about Nick is every play is just a new play. He doesn't let garbage from an earlier play disrupt what he's about to do. And that's always been his MO, even when he was in Arizona. He's just a guy that never flinches. Um, now, I do think this is a different breed they're getting into. We haven't seen Nick Foles have to play in a shootout. I think this could become some version of a, sh- some version of a shootout. Um, it's a great story. I love Nick Foles. I was one of the only guys when he was coming out thought he was a first-round quarterback, so I've always thought he's a good quarterback. Uh, however, I think it's silly to, for people to think he's a better quarterback than Carson Wentz long-term, if that's the discussion. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. It's like people forget like Carson Wentz was a, a likely MVP of the league. They were humming along before the injury, and the team has played better, but they've run the football better. Their defense has been better, and yeah. Bulls has made some, some big plays during this winning stretch. Here's what I told my kids, because they wanted the same conversation. I said, guys, when I took over Baltimore, yeah, sure, I played better than Tony, but the team played better, too. Like, I went into the perfect situation. A defense that was really good that got smoking hot. An offensive line that was healthy, that was pounding people. Brandon Stokely inserted into the lineup at one wide receiver. Me and him were killing on scout team. You know, guys played better around me. So it's not just one guy changing. It's all 11 on offense. And then their defense is playing better. So Nick has benefited from a better Eagles team than what Carson uh, played with. I I think here's the easiest way for people to understand it is that the quarterback, 85% of the time, you're kind of just playing the X's and O's. And some guys play the X's and O's better than others. But you're playing the X's and O's. And then some guys, like Nick Foles, that's about where it ends. They only can play their best in that 85% world within the X's and O's. And then you have the Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilsons and the Carson Wentz and the Sean Watsons and yada, 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 that play beyond the X's and O's. And here's what it looks like. Coaches are right 85% of the time. When they're wrong on the 15%, they need the quarterback to protect their ass. And that's what Carson Wentz can do in Nick Foles' camp. Trent Dilfer joining us, Super Bowl champion quarterback. I want to get down on the college pick because you know these two college quarterbacks in a second. Uh, but, but, but we're left with this, well, you know, you can't put the blame on Cody Parkey. And, look, I never, I, I've thought well, you and I have had discussions about Trubisky, and, you know, there's a lot about Trubisky to like. There's a lot that, that, that needs to in, improve. And while I would agree that their offense was, was inefficient all night, that is Cody Parkey's job to make that kick, whether it's, whether it's tipped or not tipped. There wasn't penetration. He should have made it. He didn't. And so there is an amount of blame that goes to Cody Parkey, you no? Know? Of course. I mean, if you have a game-winning shot from 12 feet with nobody on you and you miss it, it's your fault, right? You miss a shot. Now I'll say this. It's more the fault of this supposedly great Bears defense. If you're a great defense and you have a five-point lead, you don't let anybody score on you, right. Period. And that's why this whole season people around the country saying how great this Bears defense was. And, you know, these smart people saying, oh, my gosh, it's like the Ravens. It's like the – no, it wasn't. It was really good. And it has a couple game records on it. Um, but it's not great, and they proved they weren't great last night. You don't let Nick Foles drive the field with when you have a five-point lead and put it in the end zone. That's not what great defenses do. Uh, and if you – uh, you need to get some great defenders. The Ray Lewis's, the John Lynch's guys come on the show and just say, hey, Trent said this. Is this true? And they'll say, yep. Anybody played for a great defense, anybody was part of a, a mentality of a football team where great defense was preached, it was the culture. What makes them great is that they never, ever let you go down and beat them. Ever. That's what great defenses do. And 
this Bears defense let Nick Foles drive the ball down the field on fourth down, punch it in. So I put it on more on the Bears defense. But yeah, Parkey deserves some blame too. Uh, by the way, by the way, people were comparing it to the '85 Bears defense. The playoff score, oh, play, the playoff scores were twenty-one nothing, twenty-four nothing, and forty-six to ten in, in the Super Bowl. Zero. They did. They allowed zero. I mean, it's. I mean, really. Yeah. You know, the one time they got lit up was, you know, against the Dolphins who spread them out, spread out that 46 and scored 38 points against them. But the, the number of points allowed was was ridiculous. All right, tonight uh, you have a freshman starting quarterback and a guy who's a redshirt sophomore starting quarterback. Who's the better quarterback tonight? Tua. I love Trevor. Um, I think a couple things work in Tua's favor. If it's sloppy, it's, I was just in the Bay Area a couple days ago. It was pretty sloppy. Field conditions aren't going to be great. May rain. To his ability to play in those conditions is insane. His huge hands spins the ball. I think he'll be able to control the ball running it also. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, Clemson's hope is to hit those vertical shots down the boundary. Maybe pop a couple big runs, but really hit those shots down the boundary. To me, that's kind of people call them 50 50 balls and more like 30 70 balls. So that's mm-hmm. about the chances I give Clemson 30 70. Great stuff as always. Trent Dilfrey runs the Elite 11. Uh, quarterback camp, and of course, he breaks down everything for us. Dilfer's Dimes on Twitter. Trent, thanks so much. All right. See you, Dougie. Pleasure is mine. Happy, happy New Year to you, Trent. The Doug Gottlieb Show brought to you by Farmers. Let's get you to Steve DeSager. Find out what else is going on in the world of sports. Steve, update me, will you? Hey there. Yeah, the Bears defense was good this year, like 17 points a game against those Bears in 85, 12 points per game for an entire season against them. It was just ludicrous. We do have the College Football National Championship game coming up tonight. Folks have talked about, hey, expanding the playoff in future years. Well, the athletic reports, college football playoff meetings just broke up. And the chair, the president of Mississippi State, said it's fair to say speculation about expansion has outdistanced the reality of what the presidents and commissioners are actually discussing. That if a decision were to be made down the road about expanding the college football playoff, the presidents would be the one to make it, and we're not there, end quote. Tonight's game at the 49ers stadiums at about 8 p.m. Eastern time, couple of 14-0 teams, number one Alabama against number two ranked Clemson. Clemson hasn't played a close game since September when they won two close ones against Syracuse and at Texas A&M. Alabama started 12-0 this season, winning each game by at least 22 points, and then edged Georgia for the SEC title and defeated Oklahoma in the semis. Into the College Football Hall of Fame, Vince Young, Raga Bismile, Troy Polamalu, and Jake Plummer, among others. Also, former coach Dennis Erickson is in the College Hall. The NFL playoffs resume on Saturday. The Chargers activated tight end Hunter Henry. The NFL has changed the Bears' late-miss field goal last night to a blocked field goal by Philadelphia in the official stats. The Eagles will play at top-seeded New Orleans Sunday on Fox TV, 440 Eastern time. In November, Philadelphia lost 48-7 at New Orleans when Carson Wentz threw three interceptions. Ohio State quarterback Dwayne Haskins declared for the NFL draft, as did Iowa State running back David Montgomery. Five NHL games tonight, including Nashville at Toronto, 7 p.m. Eastern time. That's our Discover Card key matchup. Speaking of matchups, become a new card member, and Discover Card will match all the cash back you've earned, dollar for dollar, at the end of your first year. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. Reliever Kelvin Herrera agreed to a two-year deal with the White Sox. Back to Doug in 10 seconds, but first, a word from farmers. From a dog accidentally flooding a living room, to a dog taking a joyride, we've covered it. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. No ranked teams tonight in college hoops. All the focus on college football. Back to you. All right, we'll get to our picks on tonight's uh, college football game. Speaking of college football, 
USC's new offensive coordinator, former Texas Tech head coach Cliff Kingsbury, is now interviewing for NFL jobs. Is that a big deal, a little deal, or no deal? We discuss next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. From a hot air balloon landing on a car to a load of concrete falling on one, we've covered it. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, brought to you by Farmers. We got a lot to get to, man. Michael Lombardi is going to join us top of the hour. Trent Dilfer with a great, that's a great point he made. Look, look, this is an organizational decision in terms of we, we ride or die with Lamar Jackson. I like that's great. But when I'll just be honest with you, having worked at CBS, they have like Boomer Siason occasion will say something right. Tony Romo, I think has been a breath of fresh air because, um, He's been willing to make comments that sometimes could be seen as negative comments, whatever. And I thought he uh, softly and politely pointed out time and again that, hey, you might want to think about Flacco here or whatever. Like, that's not usually the case in the National Football League where a guy is where you have people like, dude, you got you to play Joe Flacco. But, I mean, a blind man could see, like, he couldn't. Lamar was not ready for that game. He was not good enough to give them a legit shot in that game. And you're like, well, they did. So many things had to go right as the Chargers backed off and were really conservative play calling-wise. And then even, you know, like a, a holding call on Russell Kung helped uh, help get, the, get him the ball back before he ultimately got stripped and fumbled. But to have that, the, the depth, the volume of guys covering the games from a network that generally is fairly neutral in their and light in terms of their analysis... I mean, it was obvious. So it's like, yeah, I hear that these organizational decisions, Lamar's our guy heading forward, but in this particular game. And maybe it doesn't matter because the Chargers defensive line was dominating that football game. But what does it mean long-term for the Ravens as they're going to stick with uh, John Harbaugh? They're going to stick with Lamar Jackson. What can we expect, expect in future years? All right, Michael Lombardi, top of the hour. This is game time. Game star. On the Doug Gottlieb Steve Show. Steve DeSager. Mm-hmm. What do you got, my man? And agree with you on the Ravens because when you have three first downs in three quarters, exactly what more are you waiting to see from the offense? It, it wasn't it, like, look, it wasn't just three first. Like, yes, that that's part of it. But I mean, there were fumbles, there were interceptions, sacked seven times yesterday. Yeah, and then the and then the defense, the defense, you know, was able to generate great opportunities. There were a couple of breakdowns, obviously, in special teams with some big returns from the Chargers. But you get a punt block, and you get very little. You get three points out of it. You know, you get a goal line stop after a turnover, and they could do nothing with what would be positive momentum. That defense was outstanding, uh, with all, all things considered. You force the Chargers into five field goals and stay in the game, and the offense isn't doing anything. So it would have taken the greatest fourth-quarter comeback in NFL postseason history to come back and win that. So don't say, oh, those last six minutes were great for Jackson. Yeah, well, they were down 20. 
Uh, John, what game do we have big today? Big deal, oh, little deal, but of course, no deal. So I'll give you an item. You tell me if it's a big deal, little deal, or no deal. Fair J- deal. Jay Glazer reporting that Cliff Kingsbury, new to the Trojans, has been interviewing or will for NFL jobs, meaning he's likely resigned from his new job with the Trojans. Now, Ian Rappaport, the latest from NFL Network, says Kingsbury's still employed at SC per a team official, still on their website, but... Is all this maybe going to the Jets or Arizona for talks? Is this a big deal, little deal, or no deal? Um, I think it's a big deal. Look, I think he's going to get the Jets job. I think that's. I think he's going to get the Jets job. Think that happens. Don't know. Think. Sources close to me have told me that 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 his camp thinks he's got he's got a great shot at the Jets job and work with Darnold. And and when people say great shot. Um, but I also think it's the yesterday UCLA put a, USC put out. Hey, we haven't cleared him to talk to anybody. That's one of those deals where, um, you 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 almost feel like you feel like this thing this relationship is over. This relationship mm-hmm. is he took a job a little bit too soon, and he took it for the right reasons, right? Like he figured it's probably a million dollar job. Chance to work with a young quarterback and chance to maybe get the USC job. If, but, if, but there are always openings NFL at this time. Yeah, but who would have thought? Who would have thought previously that he'd be interviewing for NFL head coaching openings after mm-hmm. getting fired at Texas Tech? Yeah, go work. And so with when it. things change, like just the the, the lack of flex. Uh, now, look, I understand USC's perspective. Hey, dude, you just got here. We just signed a recruiting class. We want you to get to work, and you want to go interview with other people. On the other hand. They should want him to take those opportunities and want him to not get it so they can say, hey, look, this guy we hired offense coordinator is so good, mm-hmm. is so good that he's being interviewed for NFL head coaching jobs. So, so, so come just, here to I just SC, think the way yeah. in which it was handled was bad from both sides, and it means that relationship's probably effectively over. Maybe go work with Darnold from SC. Item two. The Steelers are, quote, likely to trade Antonio Brown, according to some reports. Big deal, little deal, or no deal? Well, that's a big deal. This goes in hand with the other report that came out of this weekend that Ben Roethlisberger is going to restructure his contract so that it hurts the cap less, meaning that when they take this $21 million cap hit, they can do it because the quarterback's not going to take the cap hit. Um, I've I've never seen anything like this. I just haven't. I can't remember. I mean, I guess T.O. maybe, but T.O. was never compensate at this level there wasn't this type of punishment this type of punitive punishment um being handed out towards themselves like the Steelers are willing to take a 21 million dollar cap hit to get rid of their their best offensive player that just tells you what they think of him as a human being over 100 passes uh, caught again this past season Bruce Arians is reportedly the favorite to land the Bucks head coaching job remaining the front runner according to Tampa Bay Times is this a big deal little deal or no deal that's a big deal um, the comparisons people have made with Jameis Winston on the football field and so a little bit off the football field is Ben Roethlisberger. Do you remember who first got Ben Roethlisberger to a Super Bowl? That would be Bruce Arians. Mm, I think this is a great hit, a great fit. I think there's similarities in how they play, how they hold on to the football, how they'd like to throw it downfield, and their, their propensity for trouble on the field, and occasionally immaturity off the field. A lot like Big Ben early on, I think this is a great great fit. I think it's a big deal. To the NBA, the Timberwolves fire head coach and team president, Tom Thibodeau, yesterday after a 22-point win over the Lakers. Good home record, but 19-21 and 21 overall. Big deal, little deal, or no deal? This is a big deal. Um, it wasn't just it was after a win. He had complete control of that organization. And this is just another sign of organizations going away from that. Hey, let's hire a coach because he's got power and give him, you know, complete autonomy. Those days are almost over in professional sports. In fact, 
great item from your beloved producer that after this firing yesterday, the Spurs are now the only NBA team where a head coach has say over basketball decisions. Is that big deal, little deal, or no deal? I think it's a big deal. I think it's a sea change in sports. I think, you know, as much as you want a coach, you should not be willing to give the coach such complete and total control that, uh, that you know, if things go bad, that they don't take any of the blame. That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. You know, going in concert with this, I don't know if you've seen, but Hoiberg put out a statement, I, I want to coach. My passion is for coaching, whether it's in the NBA or in college basketball. Michael Lombardi joins the show. Can the Eagles make another Super Bowl run? We'll ask him next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Brought to you by Farmers. Farmers, we've seen almost everything, so we know how to cover almost anything. When it's game time, you have an experienced player to help you stay ahead of the game. Put their experience into play at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Man, do we have a jam-packed show for you. Danny Cannell is going to join us upcoming in 20 minutes. Get his thoughts on tonight's national championship game, plus on the quarterback play from this past weekend. But speaking of this past weekend, we had uh, four games, two of which were really competitive. The final score would tell you that the Ravens-Chargers was competitive, but it wasn't. It, was, it, was, it ended up being where the Ravens had a chance to win the game late, but it wasn't a terribly competitive game. Uh, same could be said for the Colts' domination of the Houston Texans. Nonetheless, it wasn't like there was any runaway and hide games which leads us to four what feels like super competitive games this upcoming weekend. We need context. We need to figure out what we learn. Let's uh, learn a bunch, as we do every week. Michael Lombardi is a former general manager in the NFL. He's got a great podcast. It's called GM Street. You should download it. He also has an outstanding book. It's called Gridiron Genius, a master class in winning championships and building dynasties in the National Football League. And uh, let, Let's start last night. We'll work backwards w- with you. Um everybody's pointing to Parkey's missed field goal, but there were other things. There was the, the the lack of efficiency offensively. The defense didn't get a stop when they needed to get a stop. And Matt Nagy didn't call timeouts when he could have and given them more time to get even closer down, down the field. What's your takeaway from the Eagles lost to the bears at home or the bears uh, lost to the Eagles know, at home. Doug, when I worked for Art Modell, he used to say to me all the time, kid, I'm not second guessing you. I'm first guessing you. And I'm first guessing Matt Nagy because I think he had no business playing the Eagles. I really think the Bears should have just rested their players once they saw that the Rams were running away with the game against the 49ers. They had no chance to get the number two seed. And they let a Tiger into the tournament. And this Tiger of the Philadelphia Eagles, his defense has really been the story. Now everybody talks about Nick Foles, and certainly Alshon Jeffrey's been remarkable as well. But the reality here is their defense has been very good, and that very good defense held held the Bears to 5 for 16 on third down. And when you have 16 third downs in a game, that means you have no control of the game. You're not moving it. You're not making big plays. You're always in third down, and it showed up. And that's why they only scored 15 points. That's why they weren't able to really put the game away. And we look at the final two minutes of the game and think, oh, wow, I think the Bears going through that entire game really didn't play well enough to win, and they should have been playing the Vikings instead. Uh, the, the, uh, yeah, I mean, that's it's fascinating. The, the, the Nick Foles story, which is amazing. Um, look, they, they changed the playbook some, but if, if you're running that organization, what are your thoughts on how you use Foles in the future when Wentz comes back? 
I mean, Wentz is their quarterback. I mean, Foles really, I mean, when we break Foles down yesterday, threw two interceptions, they were bad. The one interception was horrendous. You know, he makes the play. What I found completely ironic, nobody's written about this, the play that the Eagles win the game on, QA that's called, it's basically sprint right option in the old Bill Walsh terminology, was the same play that the Falcons called the year before in Philadelphia that Julio Jones Fell down, down within the back of the end zone. Yeah, we fell down first, right? And then he jumped up and then, then he dropped the ball. But, yeah, same play. Same play. And, you know, I mean, Foles, I didn't think Foles made some really good throws in the game. But the defense, you know, they held the Bears to, to really no run game at all. And Trubisky, up until the last drive, really wasn't making any plays. He hit Robinson under, you know, the double move with Robinson that he kind of doesn't throw perfectly and the kid falls down. He could have walked in the end zone if that hits him in stride. A lot of throws that, to me, you know, weren't perfect. And, you know, he threw the ball 43 times in the game. He tried to run it. You know, he had three runs. And every time that nobody was open, he took off to run with the football. The Bears' offense just didn't make any plays. And I thought the Bears blocked the Eagles as well as, as most teams have down the stretch. But at the end of the day, to me, it was the Eagles' defense. And getting back to Nick Foles, I mean, Wentz is their quarterback. It's just Jeffrey has come on so much on the outside that's really helped the offense. Um, I'm looking at the, the Ravens, and one, I thought the Chargers won the game up front. Their defensive line was outstanding. Everybody's talking about their defensive backs, but the defensive line, that front four, was was outstanding. That said, Lamar was not playing well. Uh, you know, look, CBS doesn't normally talk about pulling quarterbacks, and they were talking about pulling a quarterback. What would you have advised when you go in the half and your offense is playing that poorly? Well, I think there's two things. I think there's the fans, all of us who don't work in that locker room and don't understand how those players view Lamar Jackson. And I think it's easy for us to say, make the substitution. And certainly I would, I was one of those people on Twitter saying, I think it's time to go to Flacco. That being said, I think Harbaugh did the right thing. I think his team's more important than just making a change. And I think instead of listening to the guy down on the docks in Baltimore Harbor, the Frank Sabacos, I think it's better to listen to his locker room. And he did. And I think that was really important because the team would have gone haywire on him and he made that change there was a reason they were bad and Lamar was horrible don't get me wrong and I'm a Lamar fan and he was not very effective in the game but their offensive line was really the story of ineffectiveness in the game Melvin Ingram was sensational and they couldn't block him and I think that was really the part of the game that became so disruptive for him Um, what about Lamar in the future Ken I mean look I I've talked to people around the league like he just that's kind of who he is. He's just he, he can be so inaccurate on some throws and and he has to run it a bunch where you think he's going to get hurt. They're obviously pot committed on Lamar Jackson in the future, but but we've seen these guys we've seen this type of quarterback in the past, one get hurt and two, the more times you see him the more you kind of figure out what the what they can do. What do you think the long-term prognosis is of Lamar in Baltimore? I think John Harbaugh, if he signs an extension in Baltimore, he's got to find an offensive coordinator that can take some of the college game and bring it into Baltimore. And I think that Marty Morningwig is so stuck in the West Coast. I think there was a horrible job of adjusting in that game when they were in seven defensive backs and, the, and still the Ravens couldn't run the football. I think there's got to be more time spent on developing him as a passer and really tailoring an offense around him that suits him. And I'm not sure that in fairness to Marty Morningwood, it's the right guy for the job. I think Marty's always been a West Coast guy. He's tried to make Joe Flacco into a West Coast guy. That hasn't worked. Joe Flacco is a play-action pass quarterback, and I think that that has affected him. So for me, I think it's a developmental stage. He's 21 years old. 
I saw Lamar Jackson play as a freshman, and I could say he looked a little bit like he did last night, not very effective. And by his sophomore year, it was, oh, my, this guy's really coming along. I think you've got to give it some time before you make a judgment. Look, I'm telling you, Trubisky's is ina- Trubisky may not be as wildly inaccurate, but he is inaccurate as well. Same thing with Deshaun Watson. You've got to refine these quarterbacks. They're not finished products. Oh, no, I, I agree with you. That accuracy is the hardest thing to fix, isn't it? It is. It really is. And I think you've got to give receivers around him that, that have a great width, a great length. The catch radius is so important, and they have great hands. And that's something the Ravens don't have. They drop. Even when Lamar makes some throws, like the, the slant that gets for the interception, I mean, you got to make it. It's a bad throw. I know it's high, but it hit the kid right in the hands, and he didn't catch it. Michael Lombardi joining us, Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, the, the, the Seahawks were obviously very conservative in their game plan. Were they rightly conservative because of their inability to protect, and this is kind of who they are, run the football and turn it over to Russell late, or were they too conservative and that's ultimately what came back to bite them? Well, when you look at the stats, you say, well, Russell played pretty good. He had 233 yards passing. Well, he had 180 going into the last drive. And they had 24 carries for 73 yards in the game. But really, when you break it down, they had 23 carries for 44 yards. Because if you take away the Rashard Penny long run, they couldn't do anything. They had too many bad plays, Doug. You can't have that many bad plays and not change what you're doing. When they ran play-action pass, they were so effective. They were able to fool the defense. And even when they repeated the same plays, they were successful. I think the Seahawks were too late to the party. And it cost them. I mean, look, they were 2-for-13 on third down, and they allowed the Cowboys to control the ball over 34 minutes. And when you do that, you're not going to help yourself to win. This whole notion you have to run the football in the playoffs is a joke. Running the football in the playoffs produces field goals. It doesn't give you points, and you can't get control of the game. And I think Seattle learned that. They needed to let Russell Wilson play, but I knew all along they were never going to do it because that's not what Pete wanted. They got to where they were from running the football. You mentioned Deshaun Watson's inaccuracies. Uh, Some of it's obviously also offensive line. How much credit do you think Andrew Luck should get considering his defense is outstanding and and his offensive line was really good? And T.Y. Hilton's great, and we know that the Texans can't cover T.Y. I think Andrew Luck's played really well. I think Frank Wright's done a wonderful job. I think the one thing that I was wondering watching the games by Sunday night, who is the Frank Wright of coaching? that we're overlooking. Because, Doug, if you remember, this time last year, Frank Wright was on no one's radar. I wrote a column about it today in The Athletic, basically saying, who is this year's Frank Wright? Who's going to get the opportunity, even though he's not electable? And the NFL has become a profession of elected, not selected. And because it's elected, you have to carry the Southern primaries. You've got to win all these. You've got to be young and vibrant and almost be Camelot-like. And I think we're missing a complete whole section of really good coaches like Don Martindale of the Baltimore Ravens, a guy who did a tremendous job twice against Phillip Rivers, and yet he's not even getting an interview. It's just not right. You no, know, no, their defense was un- un- unbelievable yesterday considering the field position and things they were working against. What, what's, how does, how is, as a former front office guy, and you know everybody in this league, the Kingsbury thing is really interesting. I know it's a different job. There's no recruiting. You're not at, you're not at the disadvantage of Texas Tech. And I get that he's an offensive savant, but he did just get fired at Texas Tech, and now he appears to be a legitimate candidate for a couple of these jobs. What are people in the NFL saying about Kingsbury's candidacy? Well, what I wrote about really was how the Sean McVay's ruined the NFL. Everybody's looking for the next Sean McVay. And what I said today in my column is, what happens if there isn't another Sean McVay? Just like there's not another Bill Belichick. You know, that you can't keep trying to find the next guy. 
find your own guy. And look, I like Cliff, and I think Cliff is a, a really good offensive mind, but his defense could never get fixed at Texas Tech. And there's a reason for that, just like there's a reason why Lincoln Riley couldn't fix his defense at Oklahoma. You know, we talk about Lincoln Riley in Tom Landry-like terms, when in reality, he watched practice every single day at Oklahoma. He watched that defense. When was he going to get it fixed? When was he going to get it fixed? And I think those are the issues you have to concern yourself with. Look, Doug, there's been 15 head coaches fired in the last 12 months in the National Football League. That tells you there's a huge problem, A, in evaluating the coaches, B, in helping the coaches, and B, in select, and C, in selecting the coaches. Michael Lombardi, he used to select coaches. Now he just helps us learn about football. His book is Gridiron Genius, a master class in winning championships and building dynasties in the NFL. His podcast is GM Street. Michael, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Doug. All right, Doug Gottlieb Show rolls on here on Fox Sports Radio. Let's get you ready for Clemson and Alabama tonight. The defender of the SEC and hater of the ACC, Danny Cannell, joins us up coming next. But first, you know what's smart? Kicking off 2019 by planning out which roles your business needs to hire or or figuring out who you need to hire to take your business to the next level in 2019. I'll give you something else that's smart. Starting the new year off strong by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug to hire the right people. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates just for you. It's got powerful matching technology. It scans thousands of resumes and identifies people with the right skills education experience and actively invites them to apply for your job. And as of right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Thanks to this show at this exclusive web address, ziprecruiter.com slash duck. You love the show, show your support and show your support for ZipRecruiter. Go to ziprecruiter.com slash Doug D O U G. That's ziprecruiter.com slash Doug. That's because ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From a car landing on a roof to a car landing in a pool, we've covered it. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance, Exchanges, and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. Friend of the program, Danny Cannell's got his own show. It's on CBS, CBS Sports HQ. It's called Off the Bench with another uh, friend of mine, my man uh, uh, Rajah Bell. Uh, Danny, let me, let me, we'll get to tonight's game. I know you're getting ready for the national championship game, and you are the defender of all things ACC. I want to ask you about Lamar Jackson. You, you know the NFL. You also know the college game. You know the quarterback position. You played it. You played in the NFL long term. Is he a, start, a good starting quarterback in this league? So, Doug, ever since I watched him at Louisville, when I saw Lamar Jackson play, I thought he was Mike Vick 2.0. Like, he's, he's just as fast. I think he's a little bit better, more polished passer than Vick was when he came out of Virginia Tech. Because he played in Bob Petrino's system, I think he was a little bit more ready for the NFL style of play. Now, even with that being said, I think you've seen the severe restrictions that the Ravens have had put on him because he's not ready for an NFL type system yet. I do think he can develop into that. And I think the Ravens kind of looked at him and they see what type of runner he is. And they were like, all right, what can we do this year to get to the playoffs? And so they just said, all right, we're going to put the passing development on hold and we're going to go all in on this run game, which is clearly what they did. Now, my question for you would be, and anybody else is let's say he is, let's say he's a version of Mike Vick. Would you take that for seven, eight, nine years? Assuming he'd stay healthy, which is a big if, 
And I think it's an interesting question to pose because Mike Vick was good and he did take the Falcons to the playoffs a couple times, but he never really had that, you know, Super Bowl run. So if, is, could you picture him taking the Ravens to that level? I think he can. I think you will be okay if you're a Ravens fan that Lamar Jackson would be your franchise quarterback, but it's definitely, it's a riskier proposition than any of the other rookie quarterbacks. But I think you saw some of the glimpses of what he can do, even in yesterday's game, which was by all accounts a really bad game. Some of the plays he made in the second half were just unbelievable what he can do with his sheer athleticism. Yeah, but uh, he's going to get hit and he's going to, like, yeah. I guess you look, you have you have RG3 who said he wants to be the backup, and I, I do think you can go and get another backup quarterback as well. Have three. You're going to have to have three quarter carry three quarterbacks if you're going to commit to that system. He, here's the real problem: How are you going to get? You get Crabtree, but that's because Crabtree has nowhere else to go. How are you going to get more wide receivers who want to come and catch two balls a game like that? Like I, I talked to Eddie Royal, and he's like, "Look, I love Tim Tebow, but I, I, I can't make any money if I'm going to get two or three balls a game. Sorry, that doesn't work for me." All right, here's, let's be clear, though. He's not Tebow. He's a better thrower of the football than Tebow. And I sure. don't even think it's close. Like, I think he's a much better. And here's the thing. But he's long, crazy. He's, he's always been really inaccurate on some throws. Dilfer says it's, it's running away from him throws, outside the boundaries throws. When, you know, when it's a dig route, he's, he's, he's pretty good. And obviously he throws, he, he, he throws it a long way, not necessarily accurate, but there's some real inadequacy. There's a reason they're not letting him throw 30 times a game. For sure. And, but here's the, here's the biggest issue that the Ravens are going to face this offseason. They're going to have to develop him as a passer. And I don't know if he's ever going to develop into the big, you know, pocket passer that's going to just, you know, rip comebacks, 25 yard comebacks in the outside of the field. Clearly that's not what he's going to be, but I don't think they'll, I don't think they'll only be throwing it 13 or 14 times a game either. I think his sweet spot is probably somewhere where the Cowboys use Dak Prescott. And it's like, you know, there are some similarities there where Dak is kind of protected too. But I do think he could be just as effective in the pass game as Dak Prescott is with the Cowboys. And again, it's kind of like the Mike Vick. Well, is that enough? Do you want that? Or do you want to try to get a guy like Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield that you can develop around and have your more traditional quarterback? I think you can win with both, but it definitely will be more challenging. And the health is the biggest concern, and it should be, because he didn't even make it through every game this year, and he only played in seven games, and he didn't survive in a few of them. So I think that's the biggest concern you should have. Well, at least he's in a division that's pretty soft, right? I mean, they got (laughs) at least he's in a – they don't hit very hard in that division. Danny Danny Canella Jonas, hey, help me out. Um, I know they're the Chargers, and so people don't want to take them seriously, but they've won 13 games this year. They won six of the last nine last year. They have two outstanding rush ends, right, in Melvin – Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa. They got Derwin James, who's the best defensive rookie, I think, in, in football. They have a, a Hall of Fame quarterback who still can throw it. They got better wide receivers and maybe a better tight end with Hunter Henry coming back. And they got better running backs. What am I missing that makes people kind of poo-poo the Chargers going into New England and getting a win? I have no idea because I'm with you. I'm on board on the Chargers. And I have been for a little bit through this season. And I almost felt... When they lost the last game against the Ravens at home and they didn't get to play a home field game in the playoffs, I was like, you know what? Maybe that's a better thing for the Chargers because it's not a significant advantage playing the StubHub you know, uh, field where they're playing at home games. It's not a significant advantage. And they've been actually better on the road, 7-1 and one in the regular season. Then they tagged on another win in Baltimore. Like, they're physical. I do think there's a sense of urgency around that team because Phillip Rivers is getting older where those guys have a sense of that. And they're like, all right. But, and that can mean that just that little edge can mean something. I mean, look at all the stupid things that go on in the postseason with, 
you know, teams going and clowning each other and calling each other out. And then T.Y. Hilton goes to the stadium in a mask. And, like, little bits of motivation can provide that extra boost in the playoffs where I think that that little extra focus because of Phillip Rivers' age might be something that helps them. And if anything, I am not the guy who's been trying to call the end of the Patriots dynasty by any means. I've been defending them. But this year's Patriots team does seem more vulnerable than it has in the past. And, you know, they've been sputtering in December, which is something you haven't historically seen. I would not be shocked at all if the Chargers are able to go into Foxborough and get a win and they could be playing an AFC championship game. Would not be shocked at all. Danny Cannell joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Cannell and Bell off the bench is the uh, show every weekday at 10 a.m. Eastern time on CBS Sports HQ. Let's talk about tonight's game in uh, uh, in Santa Clara, where you have Clemson as a five-point underdog to Alabama. Two teams very, very similar in terms of young quarterbacks, left-handed quarterbacks, uh, both total yards about 530, 527 a game. It does feel like in order for Clemson to be Clemson, they need to be able to run the football. Is that fair? Yeah, I think so, too. There's something about their quarterback that he just hasn't been in that bigger situation yet with Trevor Lawrence from Clemson. The fact that really since he's taken over, they've been blowing out opponents. I mean, the two closest games they've had early in the season on the road at Texas A&M and then at home against Syracuse, he got hurt. He played sparingly. Yeah. yeah, so he hasn't been in a fourth-quarter game where – they need a drive, and there's that kind of pressure on them. So that, I think, should give you a little bit more confidence in Tua Tonga-Valoa. He's been battle-tested a lot more, going all the way back to last year's championship game to, you know, throughout this season. And it just feels like he's – I'm a little bit more confident in him. But that being said, I think, you know, in this matchup, which is the fourth time these teams have met in the playoffs, you know, the third time in the championship game, I do think this is the best talent you've seen on the field, the most equally matched they've both been and by far the best quarterback matchup. But when they both have somebody at that position, that should put fear in the defense's eyes. So I think it's going to be a great game. I hope it is. I think college football needs it because it's really been a lackluster year for college football. And everybody's been anticipating this matchup. And I hope it finishes with a bang. I think it will. But you never know until you get out there and do it. If, you, if there's one key to this thing that you're watching that other people are missing, what would it be? You know, it's a game. It's it's part of the uh, the game that always gets overlooked because we spend time breaking down quarterbacks, defenses. I'll give you two because one is special teams, but that's boring and nobody likes talking about it. But Alabama's kicking game has been as bad as it's been in this Nick Saban dynasty. Keep an eye on that. Whether it's a missed field goal, a punt return for a touchdown, a kickoff return given up for a touchdown, their special teams have been very uh, shaky for Alabama. And then the other one I think will be, and this is more of a basic like breakdown, but it's Clemson's offensive line versus Alabama's defensive line. You saw Oklahoma last week in the Orange Bowl, and Oklahoma is one of the best offensive lines in the country. You saw them early in the game struggle to get used to the speed and physicality of Alabama's defensive line. Quinnen Williams is a beast. The guy is slippery, and he's fast, and he's quick, and he can get in your backfield in a hurry. So I think that's the matchup I think that could be the biggest difference maker in this game is how does Clemson handle Alabama's defensive front? Because all these games traditionally are won in the trenches, and that's why the SEC has had so much success. But Clemson is built like an SEC team. They're big, physical, and they can match up with them toe-to-toe. Great stuff. Danny Cannell, check out his show on CBS Sports HQ. Cannell and Bell, tell my boy Raja I said hello. We'll talk to you soon. 
Will do, Doug. Great talking to you. All right, that's Danny Cannell, noted SEC hater and East ACC homer. Half kidding, half serious about it. Let's get to Steve DeSager. Steve, what's going on in the world of sports? Well, we do have that national championship game tonight in Northern California. What a matchup. Number one, Alabama against number two ranked Clemson. Bama has won the national title five times in the past decade. You know, Nick Saban went seven and six in his first year at Alabama, 2007. Each team's offense here averages 530 yards per game or so, but Clemson's defense has stuffed the run this season, giving up just 93 yards per game on the ground. About 8 p.m. Eastern time, a battle of 14-0 and teams tonight. Into the college football Hall of Fame, Vince Young, Troy Polamalu, and others in an 11-man class, including Arkansas running back Darren McFadden and Michigan State running back Lorenzo White. The enshrinement banquet is at the end of the year. In the NFL playoffs, well... Saturday, things resume. Colts will be at top-seeded Kansas City. The Chargers are at New England on Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern. Temperature of about 30 degrees is the forecast. Maybe snow. The Chargers did activate tight end Hunter Henry today. The Chargers are 9-0 and outside of L.A. this season, for what it's worth. The one road loss was at the L.A. Coliseum That's cra- it's, cra- it's a crazy number, right? Absolutely. That includes a London game they won and, of course, the road game this past weekend. The Rams, meanwhile, will be in the Coliseum Saturday night on Fox TV, hosting Dallas, a national brand, which I'm sure will have a lot of fans there. Chance of rain in L.A. this weekend. At the moment, the forecast is for before and after the game, not during, but it's a weather forecast, so stay tuned on that one. The Rams went 7-1 and one at the Coliseum this season. Or, yeah, at the Coliseum, because remember, they were going to have the road game. Lost to Philly, right? Mexico uh, was going to be a neutral site game. That wound up being the home against Kansas City. Uh, Cowboys 3-5 and five on the road. Great TV ratings for NFL's wildcard weekend. The overnights rose for all four matchups, Saturday and Sunday, for the first time in five years. Ohio State quarterback Dwayne Haskins declared for the NFL draft, as did Washington defensive back Byron Murphy. Iowa State running back David Montgomery declared for the draft. He's rushed for over 1,000 yards each of the last two years. Greg Schiano is out as Ohio State defensive coordinator. He just finished a one-year contract. And Bruce Feldman of Fox reporting the Jets are meeting with Cliff Kingsbury about their head coach vacancy. They've also talked to many others, including Mike McCarthy. We'll be back to Doug in 10 seconds, but first, a word from farmers. From a dog accidentally flooding a living room to a dog taking a joyride, we've covered it. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. In the NBA tonight, five straight wins for Denver. They'll be at Houston this evening. You know, the Nuggets are first in the Western Conference. Game and a half ahead of Idle Golden State. Denver center Nikola Jokic, the player of the week in the West. Back to Doug Gottlieb. Thanks so much, Steve. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. We have we do this thing. We do this thing where we... I mean, I've, I've heard it now several times over. I mean, Nick Foles, it's unbelievable. Uh, he won again in the playoffs. And whether it's Nick Foles or whether it's, I don't know, I mean, pick the quarterback in terms of winning and losing in the playoffs, we go way too crazy at times getting the res- trying to be results-oriented, right? Trying to figure out the results. You know, there's no Gordon Hayward, no Kyrie Irving. So, look, we don't need him. Trade one of them. Better without them. Okay. Like, look, the market would dictate if guys were free agents. You know, it's like Dak Prescott and Russell Wilson. If they were both on the open market, who would be more valuable? There's No one in football would take Dak Prescott ahead of Russell Wilson. No one. 
the same number of people would take Nick Foles ahead of Carson Wentz. But social media and immediate reaction would tell you, Nick Foles, hey, we're winning with him. Now, I know he got a million-dollar bonus for winning last night, but we're winning with him. What do we need Carson Wentz for? Carson Wentz, before he got hurt last year, was 11-2, 33 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. He basically had the MVP locked up. And then against Ramos's Rams, they lost, they got hurt, tried to run the football, kind of got twisted and tore his ACL. Nick Foles, after winning a Super Bowl to start the season, was awful in the preseason. Week one against the Falcons, no touchdowns, one interception, one fumble, completed 55% of his passes for 117 yards. Oh, they won the game. Nick Foles won. No, the Eagles won the game. Week two, they lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who had their own Nick Foles, right? That was back when Ryan Fitzmagic, with under one minute remaining in the third quarter, they were losing 27-7. to So sure, against a prevent defense, he put up some numbers, two garbage, minute, garbage time touchdowns, and with 45 seconds left in the game, they made it 27-21, kicked an onside kick and didn't get it. That does not, that's Lamar Jackson from yesterday. He was awful yesterday. Now, whether or not you want to say Foles is better than Lamar Jackson, maybe better than Lamar Jackson will ever be, but the idea that you take final stats when it doesn't tell the story of the game, watch the game. Even last year in the playoffs, everybody remembers the Super Bowl where he made some great throws against a very average Patriots defense or even against the Vikings who had a great defense. But no touchdowns, two fumbles in the divisional round against the Falcons. And Julio Jones first fell down and then couldn't catch a ball thrown up to him in the end zone. Falcons were on the two-yard line. Errant throw by Matt Ryan to his best player. Otherwise, Nick Foles loses at home to the Falcons, who are the wild-card road winner and known as a dome team, not a cold-weather team. So I'm not sitting here. I'm not going to have dictate a radio... Have, Determine that a radio a radio show determined that Nick Foles stinks. But if he's on the open market, you know, he's a bottom five of the starting quarterbacks in the league sort of guy. He's a great dude. Great. That's why he's the perfect guy for this situation. That's why he knew, and I don't want to go anywhere else. They know me. They know my mistakes. They know my flaws. I know I'll get a chance to play. But I also know I got Carson. And when push comes to shove, it's his team. Anyone who tells you that Dak is better than Russell, have him on the open market. Anyone who tells you that Wentz isn't as good as Foles, put him on the open market. It's the only way you would ever know. I mean, even even the Eagles knew, right? There's a reason they rushed Carson Wentz back like, ugh. And Foles won the game yesterday. Wasn't great. Two picks. Did throw a touchdown pass at the end of a game. It was helped out by the fact that the Bears are quarterbacked by a guy who, another, Mitch Trubisky's a great dude. They love him because he's not Jay Cutler, who no one liked. But he's not that good thrower of a, as a thrower of a football. Right. Nick Foles is doing his job. He's holding the fort together, doing as well as he can until Carson Wentz is healthy. And he's also a hot and cold guy. Goes hot, goes cold. And Eagle fans gave me the business because I said, like, look, he's basically Ryan Fitzpatrick without the beard and cool nickname. But he is. Three, four good games, and then people start to figure him out, and the Bears kind of start to figure him out. 
Most, I think what's happened is our view of backup quarterbacks is that they're Mark Sanchez, right? Or, or pick a backup quarterback that you, that you, that, that has come in and been terrible. You know, our, our view of backup quarterbacks is they're all Nathan Peterman or they're all Mark Sanchez or, or pick like, look, I could point out that San Francisco went through three quarterbacks. The backup and the third stringer were not bad this year. They weren't bad. You know, Case Keenum was the third string quarterback, third, with the Vikings last year. Led them to the NFC Championship and got himself a big contract. Is he good? Like, no, of course he's not. He's not good. And why? Because he's a backup quarterback. Long-term, 17, 17 weeks, 16 games. People get scatter reports on what you do. Then you got you to gotta prove to them you can do what you can't do. Can you play left-handed? So this is not me telling you that Foles is a bad quarterback. He's just not a good starting quarterback. He's a very good backup. And if your eyes told you, Something else, you might need to get your eyes checked or sit next to somebody who knows football. Same with Lamar Jackson. We say, well, he's just a rookie. That's that's code for well, he's not that good. Question is, can he get better? Of course. Can he get good enough where his flaws, he can cover his flaws with newfound accuracy and ability to read a defense? I'm not sure. I don't think so. And if you run it that many times or even half as many times, you're going to get hurt. How do I know? Because everybody gets hurt who runs the football in the NFL. Cam Newton's the biggest, the baddest, the toughest of any of those dudes who's ever been an athletic quarterback. If you saw Cam Newton, you're like, that looks like a basketball player or a a tight end. He's a quarterback. He's built like a brick you-know-what house. And what's the story out of Carolina? His body is breaking down. Why? Too many shots. And we've seen this RG3's body broke down. Vince Young couldn't do it. And I think Lamar has himself together better than Vince Young did, you know, where he you know, reportedly would buy everybody shots at, uh, what was it, uh, Cheesecake Factory, right? Wasn't he a big Jaeger guy? Wasn't that the, the story was to use a big Jaeger guy? Like, who drinks Jaeger more than once a year? Like, Jaeger's almost, Jaeger's like one of those shots that somebody buys you as a joke. You're like, Jaeger! I think he was a big Jaeger guy. Jaeger and Goldschlager, once a year max. But the point is that, look, it's a really hard scale to be judged on. It just is. Very, very difficult. But the guys who are the best all kind of have the same things in common. They can really throw a football where they want it to go. And they can read a defense more oftentimes than they they get confused by. Does that mean that every throw is on point? Of course not. Of course not. Even a gun misfires and it's a machine that's been honed over time. But this idea that, well, Foles is awesome. He threw two picks. He's helped out by the fact that the Bears defense. I like, look, Mitch Trubisky, not accurate. Not accurate. J- 
Just because the guy catches it, by the way, does not mean you threw an accurate ball. When a guy is running free and he's not able to continue running free, that means you didn't throw a good ball. And it's like like the Eagles scored 16 points last night. It, this, this wasn't a shootout. It was 16 points last night. Granted, against a really good defense on the road uh, in, a, in a little bit of wind. But this idea that Foles, I mean, what do you need wins for? Foles is really good. They know, most people know, great guy, great story. Ideal backup quarterback, not a starter. Because long-term, he has these cold spells and he has those misreads and misfires, just like any backup quarterback. That, that's the difference between the best and everybody else. Colin Coward thinks the debate regarding Andrew Luck is done. Give you my thoughts. Next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. From a hot air balloon landing on a car to a load of concrete falling on one, we've covered it. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance, Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Still time to download the All Ball Podcast, which has Steve Prohm on it, head coach of Iowa State. They thumped Kansas. We recorded it before he played Kansas, but I also asked him, I asked him um, about uh, about what he would what what is his um, uh, pattern. After he if he beats Kansas on Saturday, what does he do after the game? Like, does he go back and watch the tape? Does he stay around the arena? You'll be interested. That's the All Ball Podcast on the per- Herd Podcast Network. And now, every day this time of the Doug Gottlieb Show, we play for you a portion of a previous show on Fox Sports One or Fox Sports Radio. We call it "What Did the Fox Say?" Here's Colin Cowherd on the debate being over in regards to Andrew Luck. Folks, there are certain arguments I will no longer debate people on. The earth is flat. You just argue that with other losers. That dinosaurs did not exist. No, we have bones. They were really big. A man landing on the moon was fake. Again, talks amongst yourself. The grown-ups are not going to partake in that conversation. The earth isn't flat. There were dinosaurs. And man did land on the moon. And here's the other one. Andrew looks great. If you don't get it, that's a you problem. For the first time in his career, he's got an offensive line. He's amazing. Nine draft picks, 100 million cap space. Folks, it's just the beginning. They have the best young GM in football. But here's the problem. And I don't blame fans for not getting Andrew Luck. I mean, it seems obvious to me, but fans only appreciate what they see. That's why when Patrick Mahomes does a no-look pass, fans are like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Because you can see that. But you can't see preparation. You don't get practice. You don't see Andrew Luck in a film room. You don't see pre-snap. Yeah, it's amazing to me. Uh, my, th- there is one thing about the Andrew Luck thing that gave us pause in the offseason. And that was, well, he hadn't picked up and thrown an actual NFL football. Hey, sorry. That's something that holds me back. But I was defender of Luck even before this season. Like, look, when healthy, 33 wins, first three years, biggest comeback in AFC playoff history against Kansas City Chiefs. Remember that? And, of course, Kansas City fans are sitting there going, please don't bring that up. We play him this weekend. 
And what we'll do is, if he doesn't play well or they don't win this weekend, somehow we will make it that Andrew Luck really wasn't that good. Right? Because that's what we do. And Pat Mahomes is somehow better. I, I can't tell what it is, whether it's the uh, the pushback on the white quarterback or the idea that he got was the first pick over RG3, which isn't really close to debate. Even back then it wasn't. Whether or not we, we like the buildup and then we take guys down and then we like the rehab of a guy. I, I don't, whether it's the huge contract that he signed, uh, even when he was banged, banged up and had come off of a bit of a disappointing season. I, I don't know what the pushback on luck was. But it, it, it really has been weird to get people to buy into Andrew Luck. Like, oh, yeah, well, he's, he's gotten a lot. Like, no, he's awesome. He's been awesome. He's going to be awesome. You know, it's also one of those things where, and I again, I don't know where it comes from. Um, I have a guess, but is is he a good athlete? He ran a 4.65 at the combine. Really good athlete. Maybe it's that he's got that terrible neck beard and he really does look like a Civil War general. Maybe it's that he's got the little yarmulke up top. Hey, who among us doesn't, right? Maybe it's the contract. Maybe it's his dad was a quarterback and he was a quarterback at Stanford. We don't like Harbaugh and he was originally a Harbaugh guy. I don't know. But I do know that before this year, before this season, there was a there was a heavy group. I work with a couple, Nick Wright, Jason uh, and Jason Smith. A couple of guys that were like, Andrew Luck, most overrated quarterback. There's like not one NFL guy I've ever talked to has ever said that ever. They're like, when he's healthy, he's awesome. And now everybody's slowly walking that stuff back, which is fine. So I'm good with the debate. The the, the parallel between that and the the flat earth dinosaurs, it was scientific data. We had scientific data, but we had an injury before we had this new scientific data. What does the fuck say? All right, listen, um, uh, coming up next, we've done this thing where we as fans don't like being blamed for things in our own lives. So we don't want you to blame players. And that's wrong. I'll explain why next in the Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. What up? What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the sunny city of Angels where... We got a home playoff game this upcoming weekend. There is the distinct possibility of two home playoff games next week. That's at least a possibility where Saints would have to lose to the Eagles, Chargers would have to win, and the Chiefs would have to lose at home. Chiefs never lose at home in the playoffs. The Doug Gottlieb Show is proudly brought to you by Farmers. At Farmers, we've seen almost everything, so we know how to cover almost anything when it's game time. Have an experienced player to help you stay ahead of the game. Put their experience into play at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. When I started doing college basketball, the feedback I got from some people was, you know, when you do replays, why do you always do it from a negative standpoint? I was like, what do you mean? My boss at the time, a guy who hired me, his name's Dan Steer. He now works at NBC Sports Network. He said, like, look, we never had a guy who says whose fault it is on a defensive breakdown. I said, well, listen, Dan, I love you. 
but that's the way that basketball people look at tape is you try and figure out what went wrong and you point it out. That's the only way you clean it up. It's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. Sometimes it is the coach's fault. Sometimes the player's fault. Sometimes it's not the player who's on the ball. Sometimes it was somebody else who missed an assignment. And then the guy who's actually guarded the ball is late trying to cover up for somebody else. That happens. And then sometimes it's, hey, there's nothing wrong defensively. It's just a great shot. Guy just made a great play. Sometimes it's an offense taking advantage of a defense's rules or defensive scheme to better benefit their own offense. But there is, by and large, usually somebody to blame. Now, I have a belief here. I have a belief. See, when I tweet about something, broadcast about something, radio or TV, there are people who believe that I carry this inherent bias because of my various experiences, right? Whether it's growing up in Southern California, whether it's when I went to Notre Dame or how Notre Dame ended, or whether it's going to Oklahoma State. For example, if I if I were to say something negative about Oklahoma State's basketball program, no one two in conference play, they lost to rival Oklahoma on Saturday. A fan would say, well, you're bitter because you didn't get the job. Well, look, I wanted to get the job. I really wanted to be the coach of my alma mater, but my analysis still holds true. I have the ability to disconnect with any of my past baggage, if you will, and just tell you what I think. But I don't think most people think that way. I don't. There are times in sports when fans believe that we are as tied to the programs we played for. Well, you're when I said that, look, I think Baker Mayfield's acting like a clown. I think he's a very good player, but he's acting like an idiot, you know, staring down his former coach. Well, that's because you went to Oklahoma State. No, it's because he's acting like an idiot. I haven't lived or played lived in Oklahoma or played for Oklahoma State in 18 years. Now, the difference is most people in that, especially in that state or in that region, like if you fly into the Midwest or the Southwest, you get on a plane, you will wear the color of your school and never wear the color or logo of your arch rival. You just won't, right? You just won't. My, my, the ties that bind just do not, I'm just not, I'm not bound by those. But I understand that's most people's biases. I think that most people are, carry a negative connotation to blame. We're just not used to being told it's your fault. It's your fault. But in sports, that's how you get to the root of the problem. That's how you actually fix it. Look, you can tell me that it's a lot of people's fault that Baltimore played as poorly offensively as they did. Well, they didn't adjust to the personnel package. Well, the offensive line didn't play well. These things are true. But Lamar Jackson dropped the football like three times in the first five minutes of the game. Was that the offensive line's fault? Do you do you think they would have allowed him to drop back and pass more if they felt more confident in his ability to read a defense and make the proper reads and proper pass? Of course not. They know what they have. This is no different than Seattle. Oh, why didn't... Brian Schottenheimer, like, he's so conservative. He's like, look, Seattle's offensive line sucked all year. They've run the football to cover it up and then got, kept it close and then let Russell Wilson try and win the game late. That's their pattern. 
and it almost worked in Dallas. It did. And in in Baltimore, it's been, hey, we're going to win the game with defense, and if Lamar can run it, great. If not, we punt it and play field position. And guess what? It almost worked. And I'm not saying that people who want to do harm to athletes who screw up are right. They're not. Like, like we don't want the Bartman deal. We don't want Bart, you know, you know, Bartman's the guy who was at the Cubs game back in the 03 playoffs who ball was coming is right on the wall and he swiped it away from Moises Alou and end up, and by the way, it was, is it Alex Gonzalez who's the shortstop of the Chicago Cubs? The very next play booted a ground ball. Like that wasn't Bartman's fault, but we look, fans look for somebody to blame. You don't want it so that somebody can't show their face at a stadium, but it is fair to point out that Lamar Jackson sucked yesterday. He was bad. Deshaun Watson wasn't good. It wasn't. <laughs> and you know what? I'm okay saying Cody Parkey blew it for the Bears. Could they have had more time to get close? Sure. Sure. I mean, Matt Nagy, I thought, mismanaged the clock. Um, could the defense have gotten a stop against the Eagles when it needed to get a stop? Absolutely. You want to say you're the 85 Bears? Do you know how many points the 85 Bears surrendered in the playoffs before the Super Bowl? Not one. Don't tell me you're a great defense. Show me you're the great defense. But Cody Parkey had a 43-yard kick that he missed. And if you want to say, and it's fair, and the NFL is saying, like, look, the ball was deflected. We want to say the ball was deflected. First of all, it was still spinning backwards. I mean, it was still, it wasn't like it was very, let's not act like this was big palm and it got spiked back in his face, but it was deflected. Was it deflected behind the line of scrimmage? No. Do you know why it was deflected in front of the line of scrimmage? Because Cody Parkey's kick had too low a trajectory. In other words, translation, it's his fault. Doesn't make him a bad human being. Doesn't make him a bad human being. And he's gotten bonus points for most people for answering questions in front of his locker and admitting it was his fault that he let the team down. Which, doing interviews after you blow it and admitting that you blew it is a little bit like, remember that Chris Rock bit? Where guys want credit for taking care of the, I take care of my kids. You're supposed to. I ain't never been in jail. You're not supposed to go to jail. Congratulations. What do you need credit? Like Cody Parkey getting credit for being a stand-up guy. He's supposed to. Like, like what, what are you supposed to do? Like, oh, it's bad hold. Laces out, Marino. He missed a kick. He's got one. Well, what about the three other kicks? Okay. Try that one at home. Honey, I know I slept with my secretary, but there's three other women in the in the office I didn't touch. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like it's the first. It's not, it's not even like, uh, was it which Anderson was it? It wasn't Morton Anderson. It was the other Anderson with the Minnesota Vikings. When, in the Gary Anderson, right? Like Gary Anderson literally hadn't missed a kick all year. And you go back and when the Minnesota Vikings had Randall Cunningham and they had Randy Moss and Chris Carter and Robert Smith and they were the best team in the NFC. And he like he literally missed one kick all year. Now he choked it and it's his fault that they didn't go to the Super Bowl. Instead, the Falcons went to the Super Bowl and then spit up all over themselves. But the fact is that and I like Cody Parkey, like he's hit the goalpost a bunch of times. 
NBC played his greatest hits afterwards. Like, this has been a problem. It was a thing in Chicago where he hadn't practiced. He said, like, I don't get to practice the stadium. So he goes and kicks balls at Soldier Field, and they had local helicopters up high above Soldier Field here as Cody Parkey is trying to practice the field. Like, this was a thing. This is a problem. And he hit the goalpost. And he lost the game. And they're not in the playoffs because he missed it. It's his fault. That's how it works. When do we get to the point where we're like, well, I know he missed it. It's not his fault they lost. No, no, no. Let me help you with it. It's not only his fault. But if he makes that kick, are they playing this weekend? If nothing else happens, nothing else changes, and he makes a kick, are they playing this weekend? Is a 43-yarder at home in no rain, in no snow, in a bit of a breeze, is that a, a makeable kick for an NFL kicker who was the number one free agent on the market last offseason? Right? I mean, he made the practice kick when they iced him. And by the way, any of you, oh, the icing doesn't work stuff guy. Okay. Kickers are always go like, yeah, I don't want him to ice me. It doesn't work. I want him to ice me. It doesn't work. Right? They do the reverse psychology stuff. Like, okay, I'll give you a little bit more time to think about it. You know, why do you always hit the second ball off the tee better than the first ball off the tee? And don't give me that, I never hit a second ball off the tee, Gottlieb thing. That's bull. You hit one and you're like, four! Wasn't me! And then you're like, let me just let me just take a little breakfast ball here. And the second one, why? Because you're not thinking about it. The first one on the first tee, you're like, you're like playing golf with Tiger Woods in that uh, video game commercial. You get the, the Shakes like it's 10 degrees outside. Why? Because you're thinking about it. It's the same thing with, with, with icing a kicker. But to anyone who's like, well, let's absolve Cody Parkey of blame because he made the first three field goals. And the off- was the offense inept at times? Sure. Should the defense have gotten a stop? Sure. Should he have a little bit more time so they get a little bit closer? Sure. All these things. But 43 yarders for an NFL kicker at home. And a reasonable surface, pretty good hold. Like, he's missed it. Right. It's just like, we didn't do this with J.R. Smith when he got the offensive rebound and then dribbled it out to midcourt, right? We didn't We didn't do that. We didn't not blame J.R. Smith. Just go back up for it, get fouled, and the, the Cavs win game one. Why are we doing that with Cody Parkey? Because we feel bad because he's a kicker? He doesn't look like a football player. Of course it's his fault. Of course it's his fault. That's how sports work. There's a, there's a, uh, I think it's a, a, a speech from Theodore Roosevelt, which Tony Bennett, the Virginia head coach, uh, used when, when, remember Virginia lost to UMBC, Maryland, Baltimore County. in the NCAA tournament, the first number one seed to lose the 16th seed. And afterwards, he said, hey, look, anytime you step in the arena, something historic can happen. Historically great or historically bad. So we honor the guys that step into the arena. Like Cody Parkey had the lower intestinal fortitude to make the first three, and he didn't completely, like, let's not oversell it. He didn't completely gag it. It wasn't like he duck hooked it. It wasn't like, oh, my God, Cody Parkey, pressure too much. You're going to see one or two of those tonight. 
in, in college football. That's what happens with college football kickers. You know, he you miss by this. It is, in fact, a game of inches. He misses by. And even with the miss, it still could have gone through the uprights if not for that damn crossbar. But if he makes it, they win. And the hold was good. And the kick was good. It was just a little bit too low and did get deflected a little bit too far to the left. So I, I'd like to absolve guys that make mistakes from blame. That's not the way the world works, nor should it work. It's just like when you make a mistake in life. Don't carry the biases of being blamed for things in the past, for how you judge the present. You're allowed to go, hey, this is how I want the world to work. Hey, my bad, I screwed up. You got to look at the greater good. A greater good, like Cody Parker, is still a really good kicker and a good guy, and he's young, and he'll be fine for a long term in the future, whether it's with the Bears or with somebody else. But you can still screw up. It's the same thing in your relationship. You can say something stupid or mean. It doesn't mean you're saying something stupid or mean all the time. If you do, well, then that's different. But this abs- absolvation, absolving people, I don't know if I just made up a word, Absolving people from blame. I don't know when we got there. And I don't know if it's some inherent bias for how we think we were treated as children or as young adults that we don't want to be blamed for things. But guess what? That ain't how it works in sports. If you make the free throw, we win the game. If you make the kick, we win the game. And when you don't, we go like, hey, there's a lot of other stuff that caused us to lose, but we would have won if you would have made it. So it's your fault. Not all your fault, but it is in fact your fault. Like 70, 80, 90% your fault. I, I, I told you before, I think a four-team college football playoff is good. It's basically a plus one. We don't need to expand. We don't need to expand. Uh, we'll talk some college football, national championship game, and why Cliff Kingsbury getting the Jets head coaching job is actually a smart thing. To have happen next in the Doug Gottlieb show. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb show weekdays at noon Eastern 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that. He is and you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From a car landing on a roof to a car landing in a pool, we've covered it. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. So, Cliff Kingsbury apparently is talking to the New York Jets. Now, a birdie told me, little birdie told me, that this is not the first time he or somebody from his camp has spoken to the Jets, even though he just recently received clearance to talk to the Jets. That's the way it really works. And so, here's what you're going to get from NFL guy. Well, I can't believe you're going to hire a head coach from a middling Big 12 program to be the head coach of the New York Jets. Like, okay. This is the same as, it's a very similar situation as what the Vikings faced with their quarterback decision last year. If you don't like Kingsbury, that's fine. You don't have to like Kingsbury. You got to hire somebody, right? 
So what are your what are your choices? Well, you got Mike McCarthy. Couldn't win or get along with Aaron Rodgers. Right? Like, was there anything that Mike McCarthy has done? And Mike McCarthy, by the way, probably is going to take a different job that's open. But I think Mike McCarthy's resume is much better as an NFL head coach. I would argue. I would agree with that. But consider who are the last two head coaches of the Jets. Rex Ryan, who had never been a head coach before. And, you know, then they just fired a coach who was widely considered, um, who was widely considered to be Todd Bowles, the best young defensive mind in the game with the Arizona Cardinals. What you have to remember in hiring an NFL head coach, one, who else available? Like, oh, well, Adam Gase, he's an offensive innovator. Okay, so we're going to hire Adam Gase, who is an innovator offensively. To be a head coach in the same division he couldn't win in in Miami? Why? (laughs) Right, we've seen this. Why is it going to work? Because Sam Darnold is better? I would make the case that, uh, that it's a completely different job in coaching in the NFL than it is coaching in college. Coaching in college... Only about 25% of coaching in college is about coaching. It's about the boosters. It's about the media. It's about recruiting. It's about managing people. Whereas coaching in the NFL, and granted, some coaches in the NFL don't coach offense and don't coach defense. They don't. But some do, and the ones that do, it regardless, it's a 100% about coaching or maybe 90 and 10% about the media, right? There's no recruiting. There's no academics. There's, there's no managing of players and what they do off the football field. It's work. And if you can do the job of X and O and putting your team in the best position to succeed, you will in fact succeed. And if the future of the jets, we would all agree rests on the shoulders of Sam Darnold, why not put his future in the hands of a guy who everybody regards, everybody regards as an offensive savant? And oh yeah, by the way, and look, I like Adam Gase. And Adam Gase will even tell you, like he was a GA in college. He didn't play. He's a terrible athlete. Who carries more swag in a locker room? A guy who's been and played in an NFL locker room and been a head coach in college or a guy who is, it was in the same position in the same division and didn't succeed. It doesn't mean he's the perfect coach or the perfect hire, but completely different jobs, completely different circumstances have completely different results and expectations. And, oh, yeah, by the way, how many times have you heard coaches say, you know, it's the second opportunity where you really find out if a guy can coach? Should be pointed out he had to go through three quarterbacks this year. Alan Bowman got hurt, so did Jet Duffy. He ended up with some guy named McLean Carter, great name. All of whom were some levels of success, and Bowman was just a freshman. Here's a guy who, like, go back through the track record of – uh, of Cliff Kingsbury and 
everything he's touched has seemingly turned to gold. If the job with the Jets is about the quarterback and fixing the quarterback and fixing the offense and not about recruiting or even player selection, what's the question there? And oh yeah, by the way, you're going to have to hire somebody. And while you don't like the fact that he just got fired at Texas Tech, anybody you're going to hire either has been fired from somewhere recently or previously or has never been a head coach before. Don't tell me who you don't like. Tell me who you do like. Right? So, I the same reason that Nick Saban would str- struggle to be successful, the same reason Bobby Petrino wasn't successful, the same reason that the head ball coach wasn't successful. These are great college football coaches, especially head ball coach Steve Spurrier and Nick Saban. Those are two of the five best college football coaches in the modern era of college football, right? And neither of them were a good pro coach. You know why? Because it's a different job, a almost a different sport. It just is. Not only the concept's different, but you don't get the advantage of being a great recruiter, of having better players than the other team. It's just about, can you develop a quarterback? Can you develop a scheme? Can you get 53 guys to buy in? Can you hire people to do the things that you don't, don't do well? So, yeah, I think it could work. And by the way, I don't think it would come out that he's interviewing with those teams if he wasn't going to get one of those jobs. Let's get you to Steve DeSager, find out what else is going on in sports. What do you got? We got college football tonight, the national championship game from Northern California at the 49ers Stadium. It'll be about 8 p.m. Eastern time start. Want to match up number one Alabama against number two Clemson, each team 14-0. Bama's offense this season, number two in the nation in third down conversions, over 50%. While Clemson's defense is top five in this category, opponents convert under 30% on third downs against them. Bama as a team... Of course, they've got the Heisman runner-up at quarterback, Tua Tonga-Vailoa. The club completed nearly 70% of its pass attempts for the season, third best in the nation. Clemson, even changing quarterbacks, completed 65%. Should be great. Into the college hot college football hall of fame vince young ragab ismail and others the nfl playoffs resume saturday the chargers activated tight end hunter henry the ravens are moving closer toward a long-term extension with john harbaugh according to nfl network the league has changed the bears late missed field goal last night to a blocked field goal by philadelphia in the official stats reliever kelvin herrera agreed to a two-year deal with the white Sox, two years plus an option the twins are finalizing a one-year contract with reliever blake parker in college basketball the top Top four remain the same in the new AP poll with Duke number one, undefeated Michigan number two, Kansas down to number seven, Nevada number ten. There are no ranked teams in action in college hoops tonight. In the NBA, Denver, which has won five straight, plays at Houston 8 p.m. Eastern. The Nuggets are first in the Western Conference, game and a half ahead of idle Golden State. Denver center Nikola Jokic is the player of the week in the West, and the winner in the East, 76ers center Joel Embiid. Back to you. Thanks, Steve. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Um, you know, th- there are things that people think are going to change on social media, which are not going to change, right? All right, let me let me help you out here with a couple things. Let me out with a couple things. The president is not going to be impeached. And if he's impeached, you can be impeached and not be removed from office. 
because people don't actually know what being impeached means. Right? That's, and I'm not going to get into it, but just look it up. Just Bill Clinton was impeached, but he was not removed from office. Um, two very different things. So I don't think President Trump is going to be impeached. Whether he should or shouldn't, that's a completely different argument. We're two years in. The removal of office will only, by most people's estimation, be if he wins or doesn't win re-election. But if you read on social media, there's this big move. I saw where one of the new Congress people said 70% tax rich people, 70%. Even the playing field was like, listen, I, I don't know what happens with the tax rate over the next two, three, four, 50 years. I can guarantee one thing. There is not a class of people in this country will ever pay 70% tax again. That's not happening. And you can give me the old, well, it's negotiation. Yeah, but when you, it, it, the way real negotiations work, when you throw out a number that's a laughable number, the person walks away from the table and everybody thinks you're a joke. But on social media, 70% taxation, you know, it's not a crazy idea. It's just to start negotiation. Uh, on social media, Athletes should be entitled to compensation. Guess what's not happening? Athletes getting compensated in, for their likeness in college. It's not happening. Unless the court orders it to happen. It's the NCA, which basically is just all of the schools have decided this isn't a path that they want to go. It's not where they want to go. They're not going to open up transferring where you can transfer right away. But on social media, you should be able to do it. Not realizing that colleges are trying to focus more and more and more on retention at your school than anything else. It actually goes completely counter to the reality of what's happening on college campuses. And the same can be said for college football's playoffs expanding in the near future. Mississippi State President Mark Keenum, chair of the Playoff Board of Managers, said In a prepared statement, as far as expanding the number of teams in the playoffs, it's way too soon, much too soon, to know if it's even a possibility. Nick Saban has said this in regards to a possible expansion of the playoffs. I think the playoff has probably minimized, you know, the number of teams that really get the same kind of positive self-gratification from going to bowl games and other venues that have been really unique to allowing players to get a lot of positives from having a good season. I mean, that, we, remember the NCAA, the NCAA term is the perfect example of that. Did Virginia have a great season last year? Did they have a great season last year? The answer is absolutely. Absolutely they had a great year. They won the ACC, they won the ACC tournament, but they lost in the NCAA tournament. So historically bad, historically bad loss, and we think of Virginia's season somehow as a failure. I didn't say the bowl season bowls are perfect, but the idea that the that those other bowls should be eliminated so that and they would be set, they've already been marginalized on many levels. But the idea that that would happen and schools will be okay with it. No, they understand that there's something to, look, we have the two best teams playing tonight. That works. It's basically a plus one. 
And we still have all these other bowls and half of the teams end up winning a game. Winning a game on their last game. And so even though social media would tell you that POTUS is going to get impeached, it's not happening. Anytime social social media is telling you athletes in college are be compensated above the level of their scholarship and cost of attendance, not happening. We're not going to be taxed at 70%. Not happening. And college football's playoff is not expanding. Like these are great. It sounds great. But the logistics of it are you can't well, you just eliminate those first games. Have you heard that from people? Eliminate, you know, the Maryland Eastern Shores and the Nickel States and the You don't understand the economics of how it all works. College campuses need those games, those home blowout games. Why? Because it fills up all the restaurants, all the hotels. You have all these different parents' weekends or whatever. You need those. Additionally, those programs that come in need that check for the rest of their athletic department. It all kind of just works together. The home team makes a couple million dollars. The visiting team makes somewhere between 500000 and a million. The home team gets a win. The losing team gets a check to fund the rest of their university. It works. You can't cut that off. Especially for 128 teams, as opposed to all you're giving home teams, home, more home games to four teams. That doesn't work for the sport. And the champion would play 16 games. Too many games. Too many injuries. Too much wear and tear. And in college sports, when a guy goes down, you can't pick up somebody off the street. Right? You can't go like, oh, there's a free agent. There's no free agents in the season. Doesn't work that way. So I, I think it's amazing that we operate under this, well, the college football playoffs is going to expand. It's going to, like the presence of, and by the way, this is not an NCAA issue. The NCAA has no purview, no say. They don't give out a trophy tonight. This is not an NCAA thing. This is, they form their own thing. And the chairman of the playoff board of managers said, bars expand number of teams way too soon, much too soon to know even if it's a possibility. It also factors in the fact that the uh, ESPN owns the rights to the college football playoff and they own the rights to the bowl games and they own a good number of the bowl games. So they would be cannibalizing their own product and spending more money to cannibalize their own product if they opened it up and paid more money for more teams and more games. Which would probably be a bad financial decision in the short term. The Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio is brought to you by Farmers at Farmers. We've seen almost everything, so we know how to cover almost anything. When it's game time, have an experienced player help you stay ahead of the game. Put their experience into play at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. I will tell you who I like tonight. Like. Don't love, but like tonight. There is a logic behind who I like tonight in college football. Plus, the Browns have found their new head coach. Well, not so fast. I'll explain next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. From a hot air balloon landing on a car to a load of concrete falling on one, we've covered it. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Tis the season, and we're not talking about the holidays. Talk about tax season. This year, maximize your refund to use one of the most trusted tax prep softwares in the world. TaxLayer. Don't overpay. Switch today. Find out more at TaxLayer.com. 
Com. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. We'll make our picks for tonight's game, smartly so, upcoming. But first, let's get through as many stories as we can. Part of the press. The press. Hello again, Doug. And the Browns, according to ESPN, talked with either Mike McCarthy or his reps today. Thank you. Thank you very much. But things are on hold for now. While the Browns talk to other candidates, meanwhile, McCarthy remains, quote, very much in play for the Jets. Of course, we had the Bruce Feldman breaking during the show that the Jets met with Cliff Kingsbury about their vacancy today. They've also talked to Jim Caldwell and Chris Richard, among others. Chris Richard obviously done a great job uh, coming over from Seattle with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, look, the, the Jets, it makes sense because their success or failure over the next 10 years is going to be based upon the success or failure of Sam Darnold. That's why I've said that I think Kingsbury should get the job. Not because he's a better coach than Chris Richard or he'd be a better defensive coordinator. No, but their success, they need to hit a home run on that quarterback. That's what they are. That's why they trade three picks to move up to third spot in the draft and got lucky that, that the Giants and Browns didn't draft him. Got to hit with the quarterback. Best way to do so is get the best quarterback guru in the market, and that's right. It. Seahawks season over. They have a franchise quarterback. Pete Carroll says they'll talk extension with Russell Wilson in the offseason. But more to the point, the playoff loss at Dallas over the weekend, as Carroll made his local radio appearance today, said, no, I don't agree with the I don't disagree with the notion that, yeah, we have to adjust a little bit quicker when things aren't working as planned. As for the heaps of criticism on the Seattle offensive coordinator over the weekend, Brian Schottenheimer, quote, says Carroll, that's a bunch of garbage. What a terrific season we had. He went an on on and on about the year says Brian's a great coach will continue to be so he didn't address a lot of specifics but they weren't able to run against Dallas they wound up with 12 drives 11 first downs right look I I think both can be true you can have a great year as an offensive coordinator but also fail to adjust to the game right like this has been honestly in many ways it's it's what's affected and I know Roy Williams now has won a couple national titles and but there are times in which he's had the better team and he does a great co- job coaching the entire season. But in one individual game, he doesn't adjust, keeps doing kind of his thing of subbing guys in and out, sub his, subs his way out of momentum and of how they, how they play defensively, how they play offensively. Like I like guys that are pragmatic. It's one of the things that, that allows um, the Patriots to be so good for so long is they're, they're willing to go like, Hey, you know what? We'll change week to week, and then we'll change half to half. And so few teams are willing to do that. So I I agree with him that Schottenheimer had a very good year, considering how bad they were with the offensive line last year and running the football and how they fixed that. But I would also say that, look, they did a terrible job of adjusting to the Dallas Cowboys mm-hmm. and the Dallas Cowboys' defensive scheme on Saturday. Ohio State quarterback Dwayne Haskins after the Rose Bowl win has officially declared for the NFL draft which is in late April in Nashville. This is a guy who finished third in the Heisman voting behind Kyler Murray and Tua Tagovailoa. And because uh Kyler may Three. first of all Kyler's t- tiny and Kyler may not be all in on football and the fact that Oregon's quarterback decided to stay in school instead of come out and uh and go and go to the NFL, right? All these things right. happening, and Dwayne Haskins suddenly becomes the top prospect. And even though he's really a 15 to 20, 25 guy, when you're a quarterback, you're going to go top five in the NFL draft. And already right. a Georgia quarterback announced Friday he was transferring to Ohio State, maybe take over. We have the College Football Hall of Fame class of 2019 announced this morning. They include 
Torrey Holt, wide receiver, NC State. Ragib Ismail, wide receiver, return man, Notre Dame. Arkansas running back, Darren McFadden is in the college hall. Also, Joe Thomas, Troy Polamalu, Jake Plummer, and others. That's pretty cool. Vince Young is in as well. That's a lie. No, no, he's actually in. Yeah, look, I I think it's because uh, a lot of those guys are young. Right? A lot of those guys are really yeah, McFadden, young. McFadden, yeah. Well, I mean, Vince Young. McFadden, actually, here's here's a here's one. How long was Darren McFadden in the NFL? Uh, are you going to say five years or less, like most careers? Is that what you think? Wasn't he in more than five years? How long do you think? He, I, asked, I just asked I'll you say question. seven. You'll say seven. Ramos, how many years? I'll say ten. What do you got, music? Six. <laughs> you like that? Seven years in Dallas, three years in th- three years in Dallas, seven years in Oakland. That's ten years. Wow. Now look, he didn't. He only played one game his last year, so it's John nine. And a hook, that but does not celebrating. Count. Yes, <laughs> it does count. The point is that you think of Darren McFadden. Part of it is like Darren McFadden's only thirty-one years old. He's only thirty-one. He's in the College Football Hall of Fame. That's crazy. That's got to be their youngest one? inductee, right? Ever? Ever? <laughs> Ever? How old's Vince Young? Uh, well, he was older because that championship with SC was before that, so he's younger than, I mean, older than Darren McFadden, right? How old do you think he is? Uh, well, let's do the math. It was 15 years ago. He's under 40. He's 35 years old. Yeah. 35 years old. Uh, USA Today reporting that the Phillies will meet with Bryce Harper and his agent Scott Boros Saturday in Las Vegas. They'd already met with Boros in Vegas when the winter meetings were there last month. Harper was not there. Apparently he'll be there this time, and the Phillies owner will be there as well. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I, I, I've, I'm, I'm tired of the, of the Scott Boros. Hey, Nationals offers three, offers $300 million, then sign the deal. If somebody offered you what you've been looking for, sign the deal. Let me know when this thing is over. Don't I've stopped caring. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. Music, who do you got? Is it still five and a half Bama? Yeah. I am gonna go with Bama. Okay. Uh what about you, John Ramos? Ooh, if it was yeah, uh, five and a half. I just asked what the point spread was. I'm gonna take Bama as well with the, with that low point spread. Uh Steve Seger, who do you got? Clemson. Clemson will keep it close. Great I got Clemson to win the Ooh. game. Outright. Win the game. Um, I, look, not having the big kid Lawrence up front hurts them, but they got dudes. They got dudes, and the only team that had dudes that was able to pressure Tua Tungavailoa was Georgia, and Georgia should have won that game. And I think Alabama's kicking game comes back to bite them. I definitely think Clemson covers, and I would pick them straight up. It's 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 the smart bet financially. Got Clemson win national title. We'll break it down for you with Joel Klatt. And Daniel Jeremiah will join us tomorrow. Hope you enjoyed the show. It's the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.